on today's show. The Houston Rockets trade for Memphis Grizzlies center Steven Adams. So what does this move do for the Houston Rockets right now? What does it say about their approach to this NBA trade deadline overall since Steven Adams is injured for the rest of the season? Plus, the rumors surrounding Jalen Green starting to get a little bit stronger. Has Jalen Green been included in any trade talks with the Brooklyn Nets? And how aggressively are the Rockets pursuing Mikhail Bridges? We're going to unpack all that and so much more right here on Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Here comes Tarnas! No! 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want your thoughts. Give me your immediate reactions to this Steven Adams trade, as well as the rumors that we're going to be tackling a little bit later on in the episode. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer and making the show part of your day every single day. Joining us now is none other than your weekly co-host, the X's and O's man himself, Ali Khan Bijani, who can track down on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider here to break down the first domino of the NBA trade deadline for this Houston Rockets team moving Victor Oladipo and three, count them, one, two, three second round draft picks for none other than injured Memphis Grizzlies big man, Steven Adams. Now, Ali Khan, I... You know, we talked about the rumors, you know, kind of around this deadline and the Rockets reported interest in Robert Williams, a currently injured center who would be out for the remainder of this year. And instead, they pivoted 180 degrees and went with another currently injured center who will not be able to help the Houston Rockets this season. But I do love this trade for this Rockets team as more of a long-term kind of leverage play where, you know, if, if Adams is able to get healthy and be a piece of a part of this team next season, that is an incredible backup big man to have coming off the bench behind Alper and Shingoon. Gives you an elite offensive rebounder, an elite screen setter, an above average defensive big man, somebody who can be kind of a rim deterrent, a rim presence. Uh, Basically everything the Rockets would want out of their backup five, everything that they kind of need right now, And I think that kind of begs the question is to, you know, how they're going to operate around the rest of this deadline now that they picked up more of a long-term play in Steven Adams. But give me your reaction to this trade and how you feel about it. I think this is the type of trade that really bodes well for their core six. And what I mean by that is if you look at all of their six young players, Steven Adams helps all of them in different ways. So let's look at case in point, Jalen Green, for example. These past five games, 
Jalen's rebounding numbers have increased significantly. They've made it more of an emphasis for him to go clear the board. So other people box out, he slides in, he gets the rebound, allows him to hold the ball in his hands, push the pace and get himself into rhythm. And we've seen him get himself into rhythm. So you have Steven Adams, who has done that for John Morant, has done that for Russell Westbrook, has done that for guards throughout his career, is able to, you know, help guards get the offense going. I think that's going to help the Rockets really push the pace. And then offensive rebounding, obviously, a key thing. Jabari and Tari, two players who excel on both ends, offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding. Now you bring in a big guy who's going to demand, you know, one or two defenders to be boxing him out that opens up more opportunities for Tari and Jabari in the offensive glass. And I think the Rockets will be one of the best rebounding teams in the league, especially when Steven Adams is coming off the bench and you have one of Tari or Jabari paired with um, Steven Adams. You can imagine all the good things out of that. And then also Cam, you know, Amen. Yeah, you, you, I'll, I'll get to Alpi last, but for Cam and Amen, you have two guys who are slashers. Steven Adams is somebody who's able to set nice flare screens. He has a really good body size for screens to be able to free up guys like that who are so quick and athletic. Pairing those two together and the way he likes to send those kind of angle, angle screen is going to get them going. And lastly, Alperin Shangun. You bring in somebody finally who you can actually play alongside LP as the one non-shooter because LP can hopefully continue to progress as a shooter and have him defend bigs right? And play one-on-one the way Ime wants to play, or even just bring bring up an option if Alpi's in foul trouble, or if Alpi, you know, for, you know, you don't want him to, but what if he misses time? You have somebody who can play serviceable and actually can create his own shot on the post-up. He's not like, he's not an Alpi level magic scorer, but Steven Adams can post up. We saw that whenever he played the Rockets with Oklahoma City. So, you know, across the board with their core six, right? As we're looking at Next season becoming a pivotal year for Jalen Green and Alpern and Shangun in terms of contract extensions. I think right now this sets all of them up for success. And a lot of the same points that you brought up for how uh, Steven Adams would help Jalen Green, a lot of those same points apply to Amin Thompson as well, right? Two guards who want to be able to rebound the ball and immediately get out in transition and run and get to the transition game. So I think that opens things up for them considerably. Um, I also just love it just from a like another kind of veteran get perspective, right? There was, uh, right. My understanding of the situation with the Memphis Grizzlies was that Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams were often the adults in that locker room. They were the guys that kind of held other guys accountable and wanted to make sure that the, the Grizzlies kind of stuck to some of their, their winning ways. And really they were the adults in the room for that team over there. So, and I know that there were some frustrations at times, especially with what was going on with jaw and like all that, the, just the, the locker room kind of stuff that the Grizzlies had going on. And the Grizzlies made Dylan Brooks out to be kind of like the scapegoat for like, ah, oh, we don't want him back. We you know, and, and Dylan's got his antics. He's got his tendencies for sure, but he is not a bad locker room presence. He's a great locker room leader. He's a great presence to have around other young guys who are still trying to, you know, understand and grow into their roles as NBA players. So to now bring to the other adult in the room from Memphis over to Houston, I, I'm sure that Dylan Brooks is really excited to be reunited with his old teammate. Um, and I think he kind of, like, in a weird way, I think Steven Adams is the exact backup big that the Rockets would want. It's unfortunate that he's not able to play this season at all, and we're going to talk about in just a moment what that means for any subsequent moves that they might make around the deadline this season. But I also think in a in a weird way, 
because of who Steven Adams is as a player, as a locker room personality, all that, um, as a culture guy, I think in a way it kind of makes Boban a little expendable. Like, like I think, I think Steven Adams kind of checks like the, uh, the vibes box, if you will, kind of the same way that Boban has for a little while now. And this is nothing against Boban. He is a, an absolute radiant gem of a human being, but it kind of felt bad, right? To have like, to have that whole roster spot committed to a guy that you're not even going to try him, you know, in a matchup like they had against the Pelicans where Jonas Valanciunas was dominating you. Like if you're not going to try Boban in that matchup against a oversized big man, who's killing you, then when can you ever play Boban? And I think the Rockets are past the point of needing like a vibes counselor of their 15 roster spots. So maybe Boban gets included in a trade you know, as salary filler or something, this deadline, uh, maybe they need to cut him to just make space to, you know, make another trade work. But, uh, you know, at this point, there have been a couple opportunities that the Rockets have had to do something with the Boban slot. Uh, they had opportunities earlier this offseason to do things with that slot. At this point, you know, I think they're beyond just having a slot dedicated to a guy who's, you know, a glorified assistant coach at this point um, for vibes, for whatnot. So maybe they make a move with him. I like the Steven Adams pickup, but... It does leave the Houston Rockets uh, a little destitute as far as how many second-round draft picks that they have to work with. Uh, we'll take a look at their kind of asset stockpile as it stands right now, what other moves they might be able to make around this deadline, uh, and whether or not they're going to actually make a move for a playable backup big man since they just traded for Steven Adams, more of a long-term play, as well as the rumors surrounding Jalen Green and whether or not the Rockets... Uh, potentially offered him to the Brooklyn Nets for Mikhail Bridges, of all people. We'll unpack all this in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because, hey, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting together with some great friends and family, finding a good spot on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and settling in for some amazing, high-quality football, and let's be honest, hopefully some amazing commercials, because the commercials that play during the Super Bowl are, that's part of the experience. You gotta love the commercials, right? FanDuel has so many different ways for you to end the season with a W, or two, or three, depending on how successful you are. Not only can you bet on who's gonna win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And best part is, New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's $200. And all you have to do is wager five bucks and win. It's so simple. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So we kind of went over our re, just our general reactions right for right off the jump of this Stephen Adams acquisition. Uh, the one area, though, that I think it sets the Rockets back in is you start to look at, you know, the assets that the Rockets have available and they're running very thin on second round draft picks and second rounders, uh, especially now in today's NBA in the marketplace, you know, around trade deadlines and stuff, second rounders have become really important and, you know, and integral to be able to kind of grease the wheels on certain moves here and there. So the Rockets do not have many second round picks available um, over these next few years. They've got one second rounder, he left here in 2024. They've got one second rounder in 2025. They've got a handful of second rounders in 2026. And then they've got one more in 2027. 
and that's it. They do not have like this huge stockpile of second round picks to be able to throw at different, you know, different guys. We, we saw, you know, at last year's trade deadline, different players being passed around for like four and five second round picks straight up. So I do think it leaves them a little strapped there. I like the play from an investment perspective, Alicon, because it also, I think, signifies that this team doesn't feel the pressure or the need to try and, you know, quote unquote, win now at this deadline. They're not trying to make like all in win down moves right here at this deadline. They are trying to build towards something. And this screams to me a kind of buy low move on a guy like Steven Adams, Memphis Grizzlies trying to clear up some cap space, trying to have some financial flexibility this offseason as they build around their contending core of Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain. So they shed a little bit of salary. They'll have some financial flexibility. They have now the, the three second rounders to load up on and make another move somewhere down the line. And for the Rockets, they get a really desirable backup big man, albeit not right away. They won't have access to him until next season. And what it also does is it kind of kicks the can a little bit further down the road on that salary slot. We talked about this a lot when the Kevin Porter Jr. trade first happened. Um, that Kevin Porter Jr. contract was a valuable trade piece for the Rockets to be able to aggregate that salary you know, or the idea of being able to aggregate that salary as part of maybe a bigger trade further down the line now with the Rockets moving on from the expiring salary of Victor Oladipo, they keep that salary slot alive on the books so that if they want to make a big, splashy, all-in trade for like a disgruntled star player or whatever this offseason, they've got the Steven Adams salary on the books to be able to make that happen if they need it to, to be a part of the uh, trade down the line. I, I think you bring up, and there's so many layers to what you just talked about, Dex, and then let's, let's break it apart there. The first thing you mentioned about the multiple second-round picks Going back to last trade deadline, I think Sadiq Bay was five second rounders. Yeah, um, D'Angelo Russell was three. Rui Hachimura was three. So you're going, you're getting valuable role players, and I'm going to call them valuable role players for those picks. In this case, like we talked about in the first segment, and I, I in a very high level, I think for each young player the Rockets have, Stephen Adams helps them in terms of their development, also playing to their strengths. And I think you just you you're bringing in a guy who's a starting center on most basketball teams to be your backup big and provide some toughness and some you know just size at the center position off the bench. But let's look at it now from a next level perspective. Right? Like what you talked about, what's what's upcoming next? I, I do have a question for you, Jackson. Do you feel like you know they still have Jock Long, Jock Longdale's contract? Um, they still have Boban, like you mentioned, they still have other pieces, even Jeff Green's contract. Do you feel like the Rockets can still go out, number one, and get a impact player for this year? Or two, do you feel like it's better for them to be able to get a player that's more of a long-term piece? Similar to what they did with Steven Adams, you bring in a guy who's not going to play this year, but still under contract for next year. Do you bring in, now another need is a shooter, do you bring in a shooter who can also be valuable for you next year and how much are you willing to even give up from a draft compensation perspective yeah so i i think i'm i think i'm torn on it because i think the problem is i, I think they still need a backup big this year is is the first question so it's not to, not yeah. to dodge your question about do they still go get a shooter i think the question here is are, are they going to make any kind of a move for a legitimate backup big now maybe you do that in part right like we talked about you know you know, the idea of doing a package deal where you're able to get Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams from the Blazers. Now, Bro now Williams doesn't help this year because he's out for the season. So it's kind of the same situation as, as Steven Adams. Yeah. 
I think that they've got to find a way to address the fact that they do not have a serviceable backup big man option. And I do think that they're still trying to be aggressive around this trade deadline using the contract of Jock Landale as effectively an expiring deal. So maybe it means they go scoop up a guy like, you know, Bismack Biombo, who's still out there as a free agent, right? He would be a guy that you could sign to a deal, have him be, uh, you know, just on a, on a vet minimum, serviceable backup big, maybe in spot minutes where Alper and Shingun is struggling in a specific matchup, or if you just need some additional size or whatever, that would be a name that I'd like for them to explore. I am a little worried, though, that they're not going to go get now an impact backup big, right? Like if you have dreams or had hopes of the Rockets pursuing like a Clint Capella level type backup big man, that, that should be gone. Yeah that, yeah, that should be probably off the table at this point now because you're going to have twelve and a half million dollars committed through the rest of this season. And then we're and then Adam's year. contract. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're not going to have and, and, you know, conceivably there might be an Alper and Shingun extension that you have to negotiate this summer, his rookie scale extension. You don't want to have that much money locked up to your five spot right across three different players. So I think the five spot at this point, the best move they're going to be able to make is is buyout market candidate or current free agent like a Bismack Biombo yeah. or a throw in as part of another trade where they do acquire a shooter potentially. So for me, I, I would like to see them still make a move for a shooter now that they kind of have shored up the backup big spot at least a little bit. And and this play again tells me that their eyes are more set on the future than it is, yes. you know, a, a pressing need to win right now at all costs, right? They could have gotten it, you know, traded for some backup big somewhere and probably given up one or two seconds to get a serviceable backup big right now. Instead, you buy low on Steven Adams and that, you know, if Steven Adams is able to be healthy next season, knock on wood, that is a huge get for this Rockets team. And you traded... I, actually, no, you didn't trade anybody that's currently playing. Yeah, you, you traded a, a guy who's not playing. You're not losing anybody on the active roster. And again, if you hadn't traded Victor Oladipo at this trade deadline, his contract would have just rolled off the books and you would have essentially wasted the money that you tried to keep alive by trading Kevin Porter Jr. and forfeiting two seconds to trade Kevin Porter Jr. for Victor Oladipo's salary in the first place. So now, the, the, unfortunately, the Rockets are kind of in the hole a ton of draft picks on what was this Kevin Porter Jr. contract. It's effectively costed them five second round picks, um, which is not great, unfortunately. But at the same time, they wanted to keep that salary alive. They've done so. And now they've turned what was effectively Kevin Porter Jr. into, you know, long-term extended salary for Steven Adams, but then also a, a very serviceable backup big man who in a pinch can be your starting big. Cause he's that quality, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. I want to, I want to get to one thing before we get back to the shooter conversation. You know, the thing about second round picks is they're valuable for contending teams. And Jackson, you, you when you mentioned kind of what assets the Rockets have, you mentioned one in 24 down the list, 2026, you mentioned two. And it makes me think, Jackson, realistically, if we're looking at a contending timeline for this team, and at that point, contention, you want to bring in good second-round talent as, you know, low-salary kind of roster players who can, you know, maybe a four-year player in the second round who's a second-round pick who can, you know, plug-and-play spot minutes in, in, like, Christian Braun with Denver, for example, or you're looking at, like, and this is even a crazier example, Draymond Green in Golden State, Um you have, you have guys all over the NBA who are second rounders and playing heavy minutes for playoff teams. We've seen that happen. So second rounders can be a valuable commodity. Do you feel like the Rockets have enough to still equip themselves to do that? And also will the Rockets buy a second round pick 
to be able to kind of fulfill this. They did save some, they did save some cash. So they used to have some cash available as well and all these other things. But I'm just curious, Jackson, from your perspective, do you feel the Rockets are still in good shape in terms of using second round picks in the future to be able to add to their roster? I think that they've got enough like second round picks in like the confetti cannon of second round picks, if you will, to fire off and get like maybe one more impact role player, whatever, if they wanted to pool together the available seconds that they have right now access to. Um, But that's probably about it, right? Like they don't have a ton of seconds to utilize. Now, again, there are options out there. Maybe at this deadline, maybe they feel like they, they don't have the, you know, with the minutes crunch with Tari Eason's eventual return or whatever, maybe they just feel, and and the emergence of Cam Whitmore, maybe they feel like they just need to move on from Jay Shante, right? He's kind of the odd man out of the rotation. I think at this point, if everybody is healthy and there are plenty of contenders that would love the services of a Jay Shante. So maybe there's a team out there that you could conceivably flip Jay Shante to for like three second rounders or like a late first or something like that. I, but I, I think in a way, getting say three second rounders that are a bit further out is almost better value for Jay Sean Tate at this point than say a late 2024 first, because then, you know, if you, if you're stuck with that first round draft pick and you get to the draft, it's the same, you know, kind of problem that you're in right now with the Brooklyn Nets, 2024 first round draft pick that you have. You don't want to make that selection because then it's like driving a brand new car off the lot. It depreciates 30, 35% in value. It's not a liquid asset anymore. So I do think that the Rockets have ways to kind of restockpile those seconds. And right now they probably have enough to make one more significant move, but will we see them, you you know, make that significant move right here at this deadline? I don't think so. Um, The one team, though, that they are very heavily linked to, there's a lot of rumors, a lot of reporting out there, is the Rockets' interest in pursuing Mikhail Bridges. And how would they go about doing that? What would the offer look like? And did they or did they not offer Jalen Green for Mikhail Bridges? We're going to unpack all that here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's that simple. PrizePix is so easy to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes PrizePix the number one DFS app on the market. And here's a really cool thing. PrizePix even offers a, a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you've got to try PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Don't forget promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now we've got some, some reporting, some intelligence about the Houston Rockets and their approach to this year's NBA trade deadline. And there's a reason that we, you know, obviously we're going to react to and, and share our thoughts on, on the Steven Adams trade and then kind of what yeah. that maybe signals or, or what maybe that changes in how the Rockets are approaching this deadline. But a little bit of the reporting that we have out there about the Rockets is there have been some, some reports that the Rockets have had some calls with the Ooh. Brooklyn Nets focused wow. on 
one guy, Mikhail Bridges, right? And it makes a lot of sense. Mikhail Bridges would be a fantastic addition to this Rockets team. Now, I believe it was Mark Stein who basically put it out there that uh, even if the Rockets included Jalen Green in these talks, that it wouldn't be enough to, to get Mikhail Bridges. And to me... That screams that the 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 Nets are just trying to drive the price up on Mikael Bridges. They've they've dug their feet in on Mikael Bridges through last deadline, through the offseason. Now they're digging their heels in again this season. Um and there's there's some additional intelligence on Jalen Green that we're gonna get to here in just a second. But Alicon, the first thing I'll say is I, I love the idea that the Rockets are being aggressive with trying to make a trade happen with the Nets, even if the Nets are, are too stupid to realize that it would be good for them to get their picks back. Um, I love that the Rockets are doing this. We've talked about, you know, for the last couple of years on this podcast that it makes sense for the Nets to be a trade partner with the Rockets because those picks have more value to the Nets organizationally than they do to any of the other 29 teams in the association. Less them control their destiny, Jackson. 100%. And so... From a negotiation standpoint, the longer the Rockets wait to do something with those picks, they they continue to lose value. Because I, I yeah. what I worry is going to happen is I worry that the Nets and their front office are going to make some, you know, slapdash decision to try and stay on the treadmill of mediocrity because they have they have zero incentive to be bad right now. They want to be, you know, fighting for the play in and whatever with the core centered around Mikhail Bridges as a number one option and Ben Simmons, if he's ever going to play basketball again or whatever. And it makes no sense to me, but that's kind of where they're stuck. So if the Nets make some kind of a, a dumb trade with another team and they stay on that treadmill of mediocrity, those Nets picks aren't going to be worth much, right? They're going to be okay ish picks at best. Whereas if you force their hand, if you are really aggressive in these trade talks, I think this is the Rockets' best chance to cash back in on those picks and get back a very high-quality player in a Mikhail Bridges type. And I, I don't think he's actually off the table. I think this is just the Nets trying to drive up the price. Um, so if you're the Rockets, do you offer more, right? Do you, do you go to the extent of maybe offering a Jalen Green? In this trade, and I say Jalen Green because there was the reporting, the intelligence out there dropped by a good friend of the program, Kelly Eco, in partnership with Sham Sarania over at The Athletic. And there was basically an article that, uh, at least Kelly's understanding of the situation is that uh, the Rockets are open to trading any of the core six. But then inside the article, you dig deeper and it says, but Alperin Shingun has emerged and he's like awesome and all this stuff. And it kind of, you know, c covers how great Alpi's been in his role. So he's not getting moved. Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore are off the table, except for in a trade for a star player. So they're off the table. They're not available. And then it also goes on to say, and Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason aren't being moved. So you go through all, it, it was a kind of a convoluted way of saying Jalen Green's available in trades. So you start reading between the lines on some of this reporting. You start looking at it. Do we think that Jalen has maybe already been in an offer for Mikhail Bridges at this point? You know, have the Rockets had that discussion? Have they have they gone that far? And I don't think they have. I don't think they've put him, you know, firmly in an offer for Mikhail Bridges to the Nets, whatever. 
I think they're still very much in that negotiating phase where they're trying to make something happen. I'm sure the Nets want to get back access to all of their picks and the Rockets are maybe like, eh, we'll, we'll give you 2024 and maybe we'll remove the swap right on 2025. And they're kind of negotiating on that currently because the Nets also in the past said, hey, we're not trading James Harden. We're not trading Kevin Durant, whatever. We're going to stick it out with these guys. And then both of those guys got moved. So I think McHale, I think the Mikhail Bridges posturing is very much in that same vein. I, I I don't think Jalen Green was offered. And if if you were to ask me, Jackson, if the scenario was, would you be willing to part ways with Jalen Green if it meant you can get Mikel Bridges? My answer to that is no. And there's multiple reasons why. And I think I want to plug in our podcast from um, last week where we did midseason grades on Amen, Cam, Jabari, Tari. And we spent some time on Jalen. And I talked about the nuances with Jalen's growth and development and how I'm still wanting to see him have some time to kind of go through um, what he's been going through. And, and that, that podcast can discuss those nuances. But in the sake of our conversation today, if you were to ask me that, I'd say no, because number one, I think Jalen plays extremely well with Alperin Shangun. And I think right now we can both say Alperin Shangun is than the best player on this team and somebody you already know is your building block. Number two, Ime Yudoka has said multiple times the importance of having multiple ball handlers and shot creators on the team. And if he's one of your best shot creators right now is Jalen Green. And he's actually showing himself to be a good passer as well. I've seen some good skip passes. I've seen some good kind of processing. In the beginning of the season, obviously processing – you know, it was there, but the execution was not. He was missing around the rim. Shooting was not going well. Recently, in the small sample size, we've seen the processing there, and we've also seen the execution there. And so, you know, I, I'm seeing it starting to be put together. I think it's sustainable success. And I, I I think right now, you go in one more year with your core six. Obviously, Alper and Shengun and, and Jalen Green are those first players who we're going to have to figure out if they deserve a contract extension or not. And I still think that you still need to give them some, give the team some time. And, and, and one additional reason why I'm leaning toward that's the Rockets kind of perspective is because they started for Steven Adams, who's not a win now necessarily player. He's a win next year player. And not only is it win next year player, as we talked about earlier in the show, Jackson, he's somebody who compliments all of your young players and he adds to their strengths and, and he does things to be able to kind of help them there. And I think the Rockets right now are still wanting to gauge and figure out how can all these young players be successful together and which one of these will we eventually have to consolidate right now. Let's figure out if they can fill our plans and play within our scheme and play with each other moving forward. Yeah. That, and that's, you know, this, this year was it's Ime's first year with this, with this group of guys It's his first year kind of getting his feet wet, figuring out what he has, you know, and, and for the organization identifying which of these guys do we feel confident in building yes. around moving forward, going into this year, they had kind of a pseudo vision, which was just, you know, inject a bunch of veterans, have the veterans teach these young guys how to actually play winning basketball. And I think so far that's been a success this season. Yeah. They're floating a little under 500 right now. They've had their, their bumps and bruises over this last stretch of, you know, few weeks of the schedule, you know, kind of a, a reality check a little bit, if you will, after some early successes, um, I do think that this deadline 
is going to tell us a lot about where this team is headed, right? Because like you said, the, the Steven Adams move, that's a move for next year, or that's a move to potentially it, it, it kicks the salary down the lo- down the road. So you can maybe make a trade this off season with that salary. It gives you the backup, but not right now. It gives the backup big man for next year. He's a great complimentary piece, all that. I think if you're the Rockets, you know, if you want to, if, if you're at a place where you feel confident enough in identifying and, and leaning into Alperin Shingun as your best player and the player you want to build around right now, I think you make the move. If it's on the table, if, if, if that's kind of like the, if the trade is, right. is Jalen Green for Mikhail Bridges and like the 2024 first and like maybe you remove the swap swap rights on 2025, if that's the framework of the trade, plus whatever salary filler, Jock Landale. I think you do the trade right now if you're ready okay. to fully commit to Alper and Shingun. Yeah. I don't think you do the trade just for the sake of moving off of Jalen Green or because you want a an immediate win now upgrade to that slot. I think you only do the trade if you really are going to lean all the way into, hey, we need to build a team and, and we need to put players that are going to complement specifically Alper and Shingun because that's the guy that we feel like is going to be our ticket to the promised land. And, and we're ready to start making moves right now to identify that. I don't well, think and, that they're there yet is, is where I'm and, at. And, and the, this trade deadline is going to give us those options, yeah, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, so we've talked about that. It's going to tell us, number one, is Alperin Shangun, are they fully comfortable with him being that franchise cornerstone? And let's do everything we can to build around him, which I still think Jalen Green has that picture in. But I know what you're trying to say in, in terms of like, is are they going to make moves and could Jalen potentially be included in those moves to be able to build a, 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 you know, a a, sustainable contender, sustainable contender, but an optimal, I was looking for the word optimal and optimal team around Alperin Shingun for his strengths. Right. Or are you willing? And where I think the Rockets are leaning is towards figuring it out over time to see what you still have and not still being satisfied with the data that you have on your current team. I, I do think, I mentioned this earlier in the segment, Ime Yudoka's word is important. He mentioned, I think it was before or after the Pelicans game, the importance of you know having a backup big who can help them, you know center depth, stuff like that. Well, they went ahead and got Steven Adams, all right? Ime Yudoka has a lot of influence. A lot of things he says you have to pay attention to. And he's talked a lot about the concept of shot creation, which I mentioned earlier. But then he's also, one of Jalen has brought up, is very high on Jalen and said that he's working with Jalen and having conversations with Jalen. And he's actively talking about whenever he's answering questions in the media about his relationship with Jalen. I don't, I don't think that's by accident. I think that's on purpose to show that he is dedicated to helping Jalen become and reach his true potential. And he always mentions the concept of Jalen reaching his true potential. So for that reason, in my opinion, and how much I think Ime's influence is in the organization, I just don't see Jalen getting traded and just in, more so, I just don't think that right now, where this team is at, you go out and get a Mikel Bridges to and try to kind of win now. Assess where you are going into the offseason and figure out from there, you know, what is your next five-year plan looking at? You got Jalen and LP one summer. You got LP, I'm sorry, you got Jabari and Tari the next summer. Then you have Cam and Amen after that. Figure out what is your route looking like in terms of being a second apron team and being a sustainable contender. I like it. No. And again, they, they, 
they don't have to make the choice right now, but it also, that, that was my main point right out of the gate was just, it feels like they're running out of time to cash in on the Nets picks. And this Absolutely. might be their best opportunity to do it. And again, one of the reasons there might be a holdup on the deal is Rafael Stone could be trying to, you know, bully the Nets into a corner and get Mikhail Bridges without giving up Jalen Green, which is a possibility, Absolutely. right? They've got, they've got yeah. expiring salary. They could maybe make a trade happen. If the Nets are desperate enough, and want those picks back and want to be able to bottom out and have control of their own destiny, then maybe that's a trade that we say take place Absolutely. and Jalen doesn't even have to be a part of it. If, if Rafael Stone pulls off a masterclass, uh, you know, ahead of this NBA trade deadline. But we want to know from you guys, would you guys do this Mikhail Bridges trade, the one that the one that I offered up? How do you feel about Steven Adams and the trade that the Rockets made with Victor Oladipo's contract, giving up three seconds to bring in Steven Adams, not for this year, but for next season? Let us know your thoughts on everything we talked about in today's episode. But Alicon, you know the drill. Let everybody know where to track you down at. You follow me on Twitter, Rockets underscore insider, and make sure you're following us here on Lockdown Rockets. One more question for our for our listeners. I'd be curious to, to hear which young player of their core six will Steven Adams help the most? That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. 